You know, uh, Brother Ed tries to pray and seek the Lord and have the worship music. I usually get it by Tuesday or Wednesday, which is, is amazing. And so he never knows what I'm going to preach on ahead of time. And so um, he doesn't even call me to ask. He knows it's in no use asking. Uh, but, you know, we've been singing this morning about Jesus, about his name. Just, we kept talk, singing about his name. And that's exactly what I'm preaching on. I didn't find out till 5 o'clock yesterday, but, uh, hey, I had enough time. But you know that verse that really got me. And I had planned on starting off with this, so if they don't get on the screen, it's okay. But I, I want you to, and I'll get on it later, but I want you to listen to this. It's a very, very sobering verse. In Mark chapter 8, verse 38, I want you to listen to what it says. For whosoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him... The Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Now, I want you to listen to this again. Whoever is ashamed of me, and listen to the rest of this, and my words. He said, don't be ashamed of my name, Jesus. And don't you be ashamed of my words. For whosoever is ashamed of me and my words in this sinful, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. You know, when you speak the name of Jesus, it's not just a name because everything and everything Jesus is is wrapped up in his name. The angels said, listen to Mary, listen, you're going to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the name Jesus is the most powerful name in all the world. But the truth is you cannot separate him from his name. Everything that when you say Jesus, you're referring to who he is, everything about him. For example, when I say Jesus, I say, you know, he was born of a virgin. He is God incarnate, deity who took on humanity. He's the son of God. When I say Jesus, it means I'm thinking about the son of man, the last Adam who was a human, took on human flesh and uh, was tempted in every way like we are. When I think, say the name Jesus, I think of the fact that he lived a sinless life. When I think of Jesus, I think of how he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he was rejected by people who should have loved him. And when I say the name Jesus, I think of the fact that he took your place and my place on the cross. He died in our place. He bore our sins in his body on that cross. And that through his precious blood, we can be forgiven and changed. And then when I think of Jesus, I think of his presence in our life today. Jesus comes to live in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. 
And when I think of Jesus, I think of the fact that right now he's seated at the right hand of the Father on high with all power and authority. And then when I think of Jesus and use the name Jesus, I think of the day soon that the skies are going to open and Jesus is coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords. There's something about that name. And man, when you say the name of Jesus, it makes people nervous. It really does. Because the devil knows the power in his name. The early church knew the power in his name. You know, there's always been opposition to the name of Jesus. You don't have to go uh, very far, but let me say a couple of things. Even when it talks about salvation. Now listen to what it says in Romans 10, 9, and 10. And the, these scriptures should be on the screen. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead. For with the, mouth, uh, uh, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So where's salvation come? If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. It's in the name of Jesus that we speak words of salvation. And you know, over in Philippians chapter 2, Paul gave a great description of how Jesus uh, left heaven, came to earth, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Wherefore, God has highly exalted him, and get this, and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess to God. You know, listen, there's power. There's authority. You cannot separate Jesus when you say his name from who, from who he is. You know, the early, there's always been opposition to the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, we see Peter and John going into the temple. Now, Jesus had been into that temple many times. And sitting at the gate of the temple was a lame man. Now, Jesus had passed him many times. And he would always ask alms, but for some reason, Jesus said, it's not time. Now, Jesus has been crucified, raised from the dead, 40 days. Now he's ascended into heaven. And so here come Peter and John walking into the temple, and the lame man asked them for alms. And, um, and that's not the right verse. It's Acts, you got Acts 2-4. That's not the right verse. It's Acts, um, let me see, wait a minute. I'll tell you what it is. I don't, just forget it. I know what it is. <laughs> I probably messed up. So the, the man asked them for alms. But you remember what Peter said to him? The Bible says that Peter fixed his eyes on him. Fixed his eyes on him. And said, sir, silver and gold have we none. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
rise, take up your bed, and walk. And man, the Bible says he took up his bed and started leaping and jumping. He definitely wasn't a Baptist. Started leaping and jumping and went into the temple praising God and shouting. And boy, it upset the religious leaders. Oh, it upset them. It upset them. And so they said, we've got to do something. So they called Peter and John in. And, and they're, first of all, they arrest them. And then they call them in. And, and they, ha- they have a decision that they make. And so this is Acts 4, 17 through 20. For verse 17 and verse 20. Now, so they gotten all upset because in the name of Jesus, this lame man is healed and many people are coming to Jesus. So in Acts 4, 17 through 20, I don't believe it's going to be on the screen, but I, 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 can, I can read it. Yeah, it is. And so they didn't want him to say anything about Jesus. So look, I'm talking about opposition to his name. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they are not to speak to no man in this name. And then it goes on and says, so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. What am I saying to you? There's always been opposition to the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is who Jesus is. And the opposition is because there's such power in the Lord Jesus Christ, such power in his name. Well, Peter and John answered him the way we have to answer them. So Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you or to men, you be the judge. And then they said it. But we cannot but speak. We can't be silent. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about the company of the unashamed. Boy, we want to be a company of unashamed. People who are not ashamed to boldly speak the name of Jesus and the words that Jesus spoke. Now, by the way, I want you to make a note of this in your mind. And if you have a short memory, write it down. But you, you, you say, Jesus said over there in Mark, whosoever is ashamed of me and my words. So it's not just a matter of being ashamed of Jesus, but it's being ashamed of his words. Well, what were his words? I'll tell you what you do. You get your Bible. You read Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8. And you'll find out that Jesus said he touched almost every subject that a human being ever faces in the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th chapter of Matthew. So I, I know what his words are. And so there's tremendous opposition and pressure for us to be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Tremendous pressure and opposition for us not to speak the words that Jesus spoke. And you know, we need to say like Peter and John, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. But you know, the Apostle Paul had such a passion that he, he, he never wanted to be ashamed of Jesus. So we kind of set the standard in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where he said, For I am not ashamed 
I want to understand that. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And he lived his life unashamed of Jesus. Boy, did it get him in trouble. Man, he spent most of his time in jail, beaten four or five times, run out of the cities, beaten and put outside of a city as dead, had to be let down on a basket, down out of a wall so that they couldn't get to him to kill him. But you know what? He never, ever, ever was ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. But boy, he paid an awful price. It was costly because he said, I'm going to tell you something. I am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and you know something else? Boy, he didn't want his life ever to bring shame to Jesus. You know, I've always been uh, captured by these verses. And they're over in the um, book of Philippians, verses 19 through 21. His passion was that in nothing he would be ashamed. Now, he's declared, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Christ. And he lived it out and eventually killed him. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. You know, but he was in jail and they were praying for him. The church was. He says, now, I know all that's happened to me will turn out to my, uh, for my deliverance through your prayer and the uh, crying out for the Son of, uh, uh, for, for the son of God, for, for Jesus Christ. Then he says, now this is what I want you to see. He said, I know you're praying for me, even though I'm in jail. He says, but listen, let me tell you what my expectation is. According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I will be ashamed. He said, I'm hoping that never with, by being silent, will I be ashamed. I'm hoping that never by my conduct that I would be ashamed. He said, it's my, I know you're praying for me and it doesn't matter that I'm in jail, but I have this expectation that as nothing I will be ashamed, but with all boldness, so now also that Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or or by death. He said, it doesn't matter to me if I live or die. What matters to me is that that nothing, that in nothing will I be ashamed, but that Christ will be magnified in my body, whether I live or die. And look at the next verse. He says, for me to live is Christ and to what? Die is? Hallelujah. I want to tell you, he was never ashamed. Never ashamed. The early disciples, all of them, Lived, died a martyr's death, every one of them. But I guarantee you, Peter, James, John, they, they were unashamed. They were unashamed. And you read the book of Acts, and they had such impact and power because they were unashamed of Jesus and his words. They said that those people who have turned the world upside down have come this way also. When we stand firmly and proclaim the name of Jesus, and when we boldly proclaim what his words are, there will be opposition, there will be accusation, there will be intimidation. They just don't want to hear 
because even the devil and the demons and even the world knows there's something different and powerful in the mighty name of Jesus. And listen, as the body of Christ, we are, are, are his mouthpiece. We are the ones who proclaim his name, and we are the ones who speak his word. Who else is going to speak his word? He said, if you're ashamed of me and of my words. We cannot be ashamed of him or of his words. Now, I want to give you a number of reasons why we can boldly, boldly speak the truth in Jesus' name. First of all, I'm going to go back to Mark 8:38. He said, listen, th- this is why we can boldly speak his name. Because he said, listen now, if you're ashamed of me and ashamed of my words, <laughs> he said, when I come with my Father and his holy angels, I'm going to be ashamed of you. You know, I'm not sure all that means. But it means a whole lot more than I understand. And I want to tell you, there'll be pressure on you at work if, if you're living in, working in a normal office to keep your mouth shut about Jesus. And if you go to a public school as a student, maybe in a private school, I don't know, I guarantee you there'll be pressure on you to keep quiet about Jesus. Oh, yeah. The pressure's unbelievable. And when, 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 even when a preacher in this generation begins to speak out about the mighty name of Jesus and the power of Jesus and begin to say, well, this is what Jesus said about marriage and this is what Jesus said about divorce and this is what Jesus said about anger and hatred and this is what Jesus said about lust. Boy, boy when you get to speak the name of Jesus, they get all upset and said, man, you're prejudiced. I mean, you're prejudiced. You're intolerant. No. No, a thousand times no. All we're doing is telling them what Jesus said. Now, let me tell you something. Anytime you speak about morality now, and you're speaking the biblical morality, and you're giving the words of Jesus, you just look, in, look people in the eye and say, well, why, why are you saying that? Well, why are you intolerant? Why, why, why don't you uh, let, you, know, you say, I can't. I can't because Jesus said that if I was ashamed of his words, he would be ashamed of me. And so I want you to know I say what I say because that's what Jesus said. And Jesus told me to say what he said, and I'm going to say what he said, and you're not ever going to stop me. Let's just don't say, well, that's just my opinion. It's not my opinion. That's just what I, that's not what I think. I know what Jesus said. And he said, you better not be ashamed of me or my words. If the church would just say to the world the words of Jesus, we'd see a change in this world. Man, they get up there and preach sermons. I don't know where they get it from. God have mercy on their soul. How to get your ingrown toenail cut out. I don't understand all that mess. But I'll tell you one thing. This world needs to hear the words of the Son of God. They need to hear the words of Jesus. And we don't need to apologize for it. And we need to speak it boldly. And so let me tell you one reason. We, we're not going to be ashamed. Because we don't want Jesus to be ashamed of us. But you know, there's another reason. We can't be ashamed of Jesus and his words. And it's where Jesus brought us from. You know, I want to show you some great verses. And you know, I can't be ashamed of Jesus. Or his words, oh, 
There's pressure from the devil to be silent. Oh, there's pressure from the enemy in the flesh and the devil to not to speak the word. Oh, there's pressure. Oh, I'm not saying there's not opposition. It is a very opposition. You know, uh, most people are, are nice to me. Well, it don't really matter whether they are not. I, I would like people to be nice to me. But I can get around people and I don't even know their name. And I can tell they don't like me. <laughs> because of what I've said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I start to say, what's your problem? But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, but I want you to listen while we're not ashamed of Jesus. Because of where he brought us from. You can't be ashamed. In Romans chapter 6, it talks about where Jesus has, has brought us from. And it begins in verse, um, uh, verse 7, I believe it is. Verse 17, there it is. Now look, this is where Jesus has brought us from. So how in the world could we ever be ashamed? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you have obeyed from your heart, that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. He said, now you were slaves of sin. And having, this is what Jesus did for us. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves or servants of righteousness. So you were a servant and slave of sin, but Jesus Christ has set you free. And now you become a servant and a slave of righteousness. It says uh, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of unrighteousness and lawlessness, to now present your members as, as slaves, as instruments of righteousness. And then he says, uh, it says, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. And then he goes on and says, what fruit did you have in the things of which you are now ashamed what fruit had you in those things of which you are now ashamed for the end of these things is death hey you know why we can't be ashamed I'm gonna tell you why because we were servants of sin we were slaves of sin but we heard the gospel we heard the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ died for us, and he rose from the dead to live and to forgive us and to save us and to wash our sins away and to break the power of sin and to give us the power to be righteous. And so we remember where we were and how Jesus came and has forgiven us, and he took us out of that slavery to sin and that wicked life of which we are, are so ashamed. So ashamed, but he took us out of that and now gave us, forgave our sins and gave us his righteousness. And now we don't have to live in shame because Jesus has forgiven us. And see, you know, I know where Jesus has brought us from. He's brought us from sin and wickedness, and now we have righteousness and life in him. And the things I used to be ashamed of, I'm no longer into. Now I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, ash I'm not ashamed of the righteousness and holiness that God has given us. So why could I be ashamed when Jesus took me out of my shame and gave me his righteousness? Because of where he's brought you from and where he's taken you to, you cannot be ashamed of his name.
But there's another reason. Not only because if we're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. And not only because he's brought us from the shame of our sin and taken that shame away and given us his righteousness. Do you ever remember when you're growing up, (laughs) your mother would say, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Has anybody ever told you that? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I say, I will be if you won't whip me, but I may not. (laughs) I look back on my life without Jesus. I'm ashamed. My God. My God. But I'm not living there anymore. Jesus washed me with his blood from my sin. And I'm not living in in shame anymore. And I am not a servant of sin. Glory to God. By God's power, I'm a servant of righteousness and holiness. Praise God, man. I can't keep silent about Jesus. I've got to tell him about his words. You don't have to continue as a slave of sin. Jesus can bring you out, and he can get you out of that shame. And you can wake up in the morning facing a new day, not filled of guilt and shame, but washed in the blood of Jesus and robed in the righteousness of Jesus and have hope today that I can be the person God created me to be. But there's another reason. The third one is this. It is, it's an honor to suffer as a Christian when you're loyal to Jesus and his name. I, I want to show you two verses that bless me. It says, looking on the screen, it says, For you, if you are reproached, reproached, now get this, if you are reproached for the name of Jesus, blessed are you. <laughs> if people get upset with you, Because of the name of Jesus. If you reproach for the name of Jesus, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. He said, listen, man, when people get upset with you and reproach you for speaking the name of Jesus and following Jesus in this world, he said, you're blessed for the glory of God rest upon you. So, man, it's an honor to suffer as a Christian. It's an honor to be opposed for speaking and living the name of Jesus. He said, blessed are you when you're reproached for the name of Jesus, for the glory of God is upon you. Wow. But you know, there's another reason. Well, I'm moving real fast. I tell you, I can't believe how fast I'm moving. The reason we're not ashamed is because if we're ashamed of him, he'd be ashamed of us. The reason not ashamed because Jesus brought us out of our shame. He brought us out of our shame and gave us righteousness and holiness. And we're not ashamed because it's an honor when we are reproached because we speak the name of Jesus, because the glory of God rests upon us. But you know, you know another reason we are unashamed? Because we want to please our Savior. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 12, it says here, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel because of the power of God. He said, therefore, do not be ashamed. Then he said, I want to tell you something. I suffer all these things. Because of what he said, he said, for this reason, I almost suffered these things. Nevertheless, he said, I'm in jail. They beat me. 
they don't like me. He said, nevertheless, I suffer these things. For Listen to what he said. For I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. You know, I'm telling you, we, 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 we're not going to be ashamed because we want to please our Savior. We want to please him. And by the grace of God, as we, as we proclaim his name and live his name and speak his words, we please the Lord. I'm going to skip those other scriptures, but here's the other reason why we're not ashamed. I just want you to think about them. If we're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. We're not ashamed because of the, where he brought us from. He brought us out of our shame into his righteousness. And we're not ashamed because it's an honor to suffer as a believer, the glory of God. If we are reproached for the name of Jesus, the glory of God rests upon us. And we can please our Savior. But you know, this is very important. You know why we have to be unashamed? That Jesus is the only name. Jesus is the only person. Jesus is the only way that a person can be saved. Now, you, you want to know why the devil hates the name of Jesus? And the flesh hates the name of Jesus? And the world system, which under the control of Satan, hates the name. I didn't say the created world. I said the world. You know why they hate it? Because there's no other name whereby people may be saved. But Buddha can't save anybody. <laughs> I don't even know where he is. He sure ain't alive. Mohammed can't save anybody. He, I don't know if he's in hell or on the way. But anyway, he can't save anybody. All the Hindu gods can't save anybody. All the liberal theology can't save anybody. They don't even expect anybody to get saved. And churches that believe that Jesus is just one of the ways and not the only way, there ain't nobody going to get saved in that church. That's universalism. It's straight out of the pit of hell. If Jesus is not the only way, he was a fool to die on the cross. And boy, you start telling people, I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't care how good you are, how religious you are. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if he has not come into your heart and forgiven your sins and changed your life, you're separated from God forever and headed for a devil's hell. Woo, they don't like that. Some guy had went to a revival. I don't know if he knew who he was talking to or not. He said, I went and that, all that preacher preached was hellfire and brimstone. I said, praise God. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs> he, he didn't. He preached. I knew who it was. He preached the love of God. But he also warned people that if you reject Jesus Christ, what do you do? Hey, let, let me give you a verse. This is why we can't be ashamed. In Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. It says, for neither is there salvation in any other. What part of this do people not understand? When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, nobody comes to the Father but by me. What part of that don't they understand? He said, I'm the only way to the Father. Now, what part of this do they not understand? Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name under heaven 
whereby we must be saved. We can't be ashamed of the name of Jesus or the words of Jesus because without him there is no salvation. Well, we sure can't be ashamed of him and his words. Well, this is the last point. What, I don't even know what time it is. Good gracious, I'm quitting too quick. But here it is. I'm not through yet. Now, I want you to, some people that went with India to me about 25, 30 years ago, and when it took 30 hours to fly back, I said, that was my final trip. But anyway... I was sitting in a hotel room, and I had forgotten what lower India, what was the name of it, Herb? Who? Trivandrum. And I was waiting on Ed Lacey and Herb and Wayne Wood and Mike Bodenheimer and other people. I don't know who all went. I don't want to miss anybody. But I just sitting there in the bed waiting. We were going to pray before we went out. And I read John, 1 John 2, 28. And boy, let me tell you something. Now look at this. This is why we can't be ashamed. Now, little children, abide in him. That when he appears, we may have confidence. Now listen to it. Little children, Christians, abide in him. That when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. At his coming. And I'm telling you, I can see it now. I'd put a pillow behind me, and I had my, uh, leaning back to, with uh, sitting up in the bed. And, and, and when I read that verse, whew, God said, let me ask you a question. If he came back today, would you be ashamed? And I said, yes. Now, I could have said, Lord, what do you mean? I'm over here in India on a mission trip. He said, big deal. But God broke my heart. And I said, Lord, if Jesus came today, I'd be ashamed. And I shared that with the the, the men. And man, we got into one of the greatest prayer meetings that I've ever been in in my life. It's like the glory of God filled that room. I'm telling you, it was so thick. And we just realized, hey, we don't want to be ashamed before Jesus when he comes. And then God did an unusual work. I remember we began to sing songs and, 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 and just, it was just a time of brokenness and saying, God, we're not what we used to be. Thank you, Jesus. But God is not what we want to be. And you won't want to take us, Lord, to where when he comes, we will not be ashamed before him at his coming. And I want to say to you, one reason we're not ashamed of Jesus, because we don't want to be ashamed before him when he comes. I heard an unusual story. It moved my heart. And I'm on tell you this story and pray. There's a student at Southwestern Seminary from Syria. Um, and I was talking to a guy from Laurel, and he said they were having a conference up there Mother's Day weekend. And he said, um, he told me he was speaking. He said, and we have this student 
that's a student at Southwestern Seminary in, who, who came from Syria, and he is going to give his testimony. And he began to tell me his testimony. He said uh, they were living in this village, and the ISIS, the radical, whatever, Islamic, whoever's, ISIS came, and they were going house to house, and they were killing, cutting the heads off of the Christians, going systematically. And if you said that you, they'd ask you, are you a follower of Jesus Christ or you're a Christian? And they had a knife at your throat. And if you said yes, they cut your head off. So this, this young man, I don't know if he, he was probably, he may have been the father and they've come on over because this was recently. Uh, so he got his family together, his wife and his two or three children. He said, now look, said, uh, they're going to be at our house pretty soon. I said, now when they come in, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're going to put a knife, a sword across your throat. And they're going to ask you, are you a Christian? Are you a follower of Jesus? And of course, we're all going to say yes. He said, but don't you be, don't be afraid. Just be afraid. When they ask you, say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. He said, and then, <laughs> it sounded a little different. He said, there'll be a little sting, <laughs> and you'll be in heaven with Jesus. I said, my God, a little sting? But you guess what happened? Don't ask me why the other Christians died. They went right past their house. And never came in. But I got to thinking about what it, he told his children. There'll be a little sting. I said, that's biblical. You know what it says? Oh, death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus took the sting out of death. And I want to say this, and my prayer is that every one of us who are followers of Jesus here today, that we will be the company of the unashamed. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of his words. And I will speak his words in love, no matter what it costs. No matter what it costs. I will not deny. I will not be ashamed of Jesus and the pressure is going to be on you where you work where you go to school it's going to get increasingly great greater increasingly greater but just remember God will give you the grace you need to say I'm not ashamed that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and you can say publicly and I'm not ashamed of his words and I know what his word said about marriage. I know what his, what his word said about uh, forgiveness. I know what his word said about love. He said, and I'm not ashamed of his words. And if I disagree with you, it's not that I want to be disagreeable. It's I just want to obey my Savior and not be ashamed of his words.